0: Do you ever wake up feeling off, or that you don't have the energy to get through the day? It probably happens way too often to all of us. The challenge is that when we start the day that way, it usually drags us down all day and doesn't allow us to have quality interactions with our clients, our colleagues, or our friends and family. It's a recipe for disaster. Today, we sit down with one of the most positive and inspiring people in our industry, Sherry Doss to talk about some of the things that hold us back from achieving success, actually shifting our expectations and definition of what success is, and some daily habits that can help all of us start our day off on the right track. So do you want to need some energy? Get ready for a full dose coming right up. Welcome to The Salon Scoop, a podcast by Salon SOS, I'm your host, Scott Moon, the founder of Salon SOS, and I'm obsessed with helping salon professionals live their best life. In this show, we shop talk all things salon to bring you real life stories, debates, entertainment, and inspiration to help you find happiness and success in this beautiful industry. If you work in the salon industry in any capacity, this podcast is open to you. So set down your scissors or rinse out that toner and let's get into it. Good morning to all my salon peeps out there. I hope everyone is having a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Salon Scoop podcast. I am super excited uh, to be with our guest today, the incredibly inspirational Sherry Doss. Uh, If you're connected to the Redken world, then you definitely know Sherry. If you're not, you will soon see that she is a powerful, powerful light in our industry, and just has so much passion and inspiration to share and and energy uh, as well. Sherry has long been one of my favorite people in the industry. And I find that she, and I'll say you, Sherry, you have this incredible ability, because most people meet you at like huge events where there's, you know, thousands of people around. And, uh, you know, you've got a million things going on. And somehow I find that you're able to give people your complete undivided attention and make them feel like you are just alone in a room with them um, and and make them feel special and I've experienced that with Ann Mincy I feel like she has that ability and I find that you have that ability as well and I know how busy you are and how difficult that might be and uh, certainly know your busy schedule I'm super grateful for you to be here with us today so thank you so much for taking the time with us today.
1: Uh, Well, I'm super excited to be here as well, Scott. Thank you so much. And, you know, traveling around the world and you you and I initially met when you were the general manager of Redkin in Canada. And I just remember what uh, an awesome time I had with you and your team and just the energy and the spirit and the love and passion that you have for this industry. So I'm happy to be here with you in a different capacity, but still serving the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Sherry, before we actually uh, get into it, we always like to start our show with a SOS signature question. Normally, I have our our co-host, Sarah, uh, ask that, but she couldn't join us today. So I'm going to jump in and sort of throw you a, a bit of a curveball question right off the bat here. Sherry, let's say that you are stuck on a deserted island and can only bring one hair product, one skincare item, one book, and one snack. What do you bring with you?
1: Okay, I love this question. So one hair care item would be um, the acidic bonding concentrate. I'm going to scratch that. It's actually one united, Redken one united, because that works magic on all hair. And I'm feeling like if I'm stuck on a deserted island, my hair might be all sandy and, you know, get (laughs) bleached out by the sun and the sea, and I might need one United to be able to manage that. My skincare product would probably be a, um, a La Roche-Posay. They have a nice sunscreen. I'm not a great sunscreen user, but I know I'm supposed to be doing that. And again, stuck on a deserted island, probably should use sunscreen. My sn- yeah, right? My <laughs> snack would be cashews. They have protein. They're a little sweet. And if you mash them up, they taste, um, quite creamy. So I feel like I could make some kelp, uh, pasta with cashew sauce on it. Sounds good. And then my book, one book, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, because am I alone on the deserted island? You are. Mm.
0: just you in the book over and over again
1: me in the book over <laughs> there is an amazing book um called uh uh oh god i'm not going to remember the exact name of it um it's about how to live your life. Uh, Milo Frank is the author, but anyway, it's about how to live your life and not be, you know, how to be the star of your own life and not be sort of like a, a second actor in someone else's life. And it's broken out into different chapters that have a bit of a parable and then some questions at the end that help you to understand a little bit more about yourself. And I read it a million times and each time I read it I get something new uh, about it and I probably would need to discover myself more because now I'm all alone on a deserted island
0: and you'll have the time to read it a million more times <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice yeah. all right yeah. well this is uh, we're gonna have some fun today and then get to know uh some some insights behind uh, Sherry Das off hopefully off some of the regular things that people know about you and see about you at uh, at events, you know, uh, both in the U.S. and around the world. We want our listeners to, to understand a little better. Can you start by just telling us how you got into the beauty industry in the first place? Sort of, you know, who you were, where you were, and what was the trigger for you?
1: Yeah, I'll try and make it as fast as possible. It's a bit of a lifelong story my mother owned salons, um, when I was growing up and I thought to myself, that's the last thing I ever want to do is be involved in the beauty industry. She worked amazingly long hours every single day, um, opened, we were in California. So the laws were always changing and she was opening and closing salons. And, um, yet I needed to have a little bit of income. I was going to college to be a high school math and English teacher. So I went and got my manicuring license and started working for my mom uh, at my mom's shop doing nails and thought this is the most boring thing ever. At the time, it was like the pink and white (laughs) acrylics. So for our hairdresser friends out there, it would be like cutting a one length bob every hour on the hour. And so I went back to beauty school, got my hair license and was working actually for Aveda for a while and then um, got convinced by a sales rep to change my color from Goldwell to Redken. I had a horrible experience um, and told her to come get it back. She actually came and explained a little bit about what we know of today called the Redkin hair color mantra, which is using shades EQ on the ends, which is the trick. And uh, asked me to go to a class on that Sunday. And I went to a class on that Sunday, the Redkin specialist program. And I felt instantly like I was home. So, um, two weeks later, I ended up in Las Vegas as a Redkin artist. And and um, and then about six months later thought, wow, I can go into salons and I can have conversations with salon owners and stylists and help them to be successful and not have to deal with the same things that my mom dealt with. So I asked if I could be full-time and I became full-time, stopped going to college. And um, I just celebrated my 30-year anniversary uh, being partnered with Redken on April 1st.
0: Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing journey. It has uh, it has been. I've probably known you for maybe about 15 of those years, um, I'd say so. And I mean, you've obviously touched and influenced so many people over the years. I'd I'd love to know who has been one of the biggest influencers for you.
1: Um, Well, thank you for asking that, Scott. And I think it depends on what you know, area of my development that we're talking about. You know, I think that you mentioned Ann Mincy earlier, and I'll never forget that there was a moment, I would say around 2004, that I showed up to a training and um, I had just gotten engaged. For the record, I've been married twice and divorced twice for anybody that's
0: <laughs> Anyone who's keeping, keeping count. Anyone who's
1: keeping count. <laughs> um, so you know, I'd gotten engaged to the first husband um at this time, and I remember one of my friends that I worked with, and um she was standing there waiting to Chat with me, and of course, a lot was going on. People were congratulating me, and I remember her feeling quite sad afterwards. And I asked her what was up, and she used the Ann Mincy reference, and she said, "You know, no matter how many people Ann is talking to, she still acknowledges the person that's there." And it really was like it—it it hurt my heart, right? Because I care about her so much. She's still my best friend to this day, and yet I instantly knew that there was an opportunity for me to figure out how to be present, even in the midst of chaos. And so, you know, she was an influence that had me look at another influence, which is, um, Mincy. And so I am grateful that you put me in the same camp as her in that, because that really means that, um, I was able to take that lesson and learn from it. And then other than that, it's my mom, my mom's my best friend, my hero, my coach, um, Mm. my critic, and, um, she really has, you know, had me grow up thinking and knowing that I can be, do, or have anything that I want. And, um, we're very close. We talk about 500 times a day and, um, and she, she is my, she's my muse. Mm -hmm.
0: What would you say is one of the, one of the key things that you've learned from your mom in terms of life lessons?
1: Well, interestingly enough, you know, I think for the first half of my life, I just, I'm going to be 51. So I like to say the next half is going to be the best half. But for the first half of my life, it was just that, like I can be, do, or have anything that I want. And so it really helped me just to have confidence and know that it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I don't have a degree. I, you know, i Well, I have certificates, but I don't have a degree. And yet I've done very successfully. And that's because she gave me that confidence. Now her lessons now are a little bit different. And I'm still working through them, to be honest, because, you know, it's it's about how to, um, well, I'm going to write a book, Scott. And it's called The Year the Loud Mouth Learned to Use Her Voice. Because I am very extroverted and loud. And, you know, you definitely know I'm in a room. And yet I also feel like, um, you know, I've I've really learned over the last year how to protect myself and stand up for myself a little bit more, which hasn't been something I've always done. I'm great at standing up for everyone else except myself until now.
0: Until now. And that's great. I think that's actually... A pretty common trait um, for many people, not just in our industry, but I mean, especially in our industry as well, right? Sort of uh, lacking some of that, that self-confidence. So uh, I'm sure all the wisdom that you can share in that book will be hugely valuable for, uh, for so many and uh, look forward. Do you have a, an estimated timeline that we can sort of throw oh. when, you, when you think that, that might, uh, might actually be done?
1: Well, I was working really diligently on it until the world went back to normal. <laughs> now I'm like on the road like a crazy person again. But I would say I'm going to shoot. I'm going to put a date out there. And now I'm going to have to stick to it. Um, I'm going to shoot for a 2024 release.
0: There you go. You heard it here first, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Super. Yeah. All right. Um, clearly, you have accomplished so much. You know, in your Illustrious career so far, and you know you still have lots of uh, lots of runway ahead of you. If you could look back at this point, you know, of everything you've done, is there anything in particular that stands out, sort of an accomplishment that you're most proud of so far?
1: Yeah, well, I'm most proud of my relationship with Redkin. To be honest, right now I represent a few different uh, brands, but my relationship with Redkin has been really deep and long, and yet I think it's shaped me and I've shaped it. So there are certain things that, you know, when I look at them come to life on the screen or at a show or, you know, when I see a reference in some of the marketing materials that I know directly came from me, um, I'm proud of it, not because it's anything I've suggested, but it's more that people have understood the brand because I've been diligent about what the brand stands for. You know, I've fought, there was a time, I'll never forget where we were about the, the, um, consumer 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 right and we you know this meeting it's called the worldwide meeting it happens every year and it's you know it's scripted we all stand up everybody knows what we're going to say or at least our team knows and I stood up there and I went completely off script and just said you know you've heard a lot today about how we're going to go to the consumer but I'll never let you forget that you first sell to the hairstylist
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um I'm here. So that's the good news, but it definitely (laughs) was risky. But for me, you know, it's about the hairdresser and now somebody might say, yes, but we're on e-comm and all of that now, but it's because our products are so good, we've got to get them in the hands of the hair of the consumer. And our stylists are great at using our products, but they're not great at recommending them all the time to our consumers. So, you know, I think I'm really just proud of how the brand has, um, it's an expression of me, to be very honest.
0: Yeah. And I mean, having known you, I I see it, right? You're you're all about living your best life. And I know that's, you know, within, within the brand's kind of mission and DNA as well. And I want to spend a lot of time sort of focusing on that and seeing how we can share, you know, thoughts and ideas to our listeners to the industry about how people can, you know, live their best life through this industry. How would you, how would you define success uh, for someone in our, in our industry?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I think for me, I don't think I know success has nothing to do with money. Success is about being able to get up every morning and feel joy and feel like what you're doing makes a difference. And that difference, that's going to be different for every human, right? So we all have priorities, we all have things that we value, and we all express that differently. And that can change along the way. But for me, it's about feeling joy. And whenever you feel joy, all the rest just naturally comes. So I think that, you know, in today's world, whether it's the hairdressing industry or anywhere else, we're so obsessed with, with, you know, there's a a great use of social media. And then, how do you use social media to your benefit without becoming obsessed and comparing yourself to others? So I would say to anyone, you know, before you even get on social, media, before you do anything in life, you should figure out what your mission statement is. You know, Mm -hmm. I do a program called finding your sparkle and it's all about your mission statement, because if you can make decisions based on your mission statement, is this in line with it? If not, don't do it. Like I've turned down promotions because I'm like, that has nothing to do with my mission statement. You know, I moved across the country because it had to do with my mission statement. You know, it, every decision I make is based on my mission statement. So first things first, figure out your mission statement. And then I would tailor your business model around what your mission statement is. You know, if it's just about, not just, but if it's about, you know, serving others um, with, you uh, you know, beautiful looks while having an easy lifestyle that you can go home to your family and having a good balance, then maybe owning your own business is not the right decision for you. Maybe that's going to be too much and it's going to take away actually from your joy. So maybe working for somebody is the right thing to do. And, and, you know, being commission or hourly where you don't have to worry about the business or the finances or the taxes that's all done for you. And you can just be present for your for your clients and then you can go home to your family. If your mission is to you know, work for yourself, but not have employees, and you're going to have a sweet salon, you know, like, it's really about finding out what your mission is and living that I think that's the first key. And then the second is not comparing yourself to anyone else, because you don't know why they're doing what they're doing, or what that means to them in your life in their life. So just do what do what you do. It's a, my mom has a saying, everybody knows, you know, she lives in Costa Rica and the people who don't speak English know that she goes, her saying is, I don't care. (laughs) And it's a good one. You know, we all end up caring too damn much about what other people think. And she's just like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. So um, that would be my advice.
0: Simple, a simple lesson, but so powerful. Right. Um, And I, I couldn't agree more with, you know, the, the, the basis definition of success, I find that too many people associate success with money. And at the end of it, what really matters, as you mentioned, is joy and happiness, right? There's been so many times in my life where I've just been in a moment, right? And you might be with, surrounded by people that you just really care about, you love, and it could be a simple setting, but you say, you know what, like, I'm just so incredibly happy and enjoying this moment right now. Like I don't need anything else. Like, if my life just consisted of this every day, I would be so thrilled and, um, you know, so fulfilled. But I think it's really about finding that level of fulfillment. And to your point, you can only know what that fulfillment is if you've identified a mission statement, right? And then you just kind of keep channeling every decision to bring you closer and closer to that mission, um, which is ultimately going to fulfill you from the inside with, with joy and happiness for what you're doing. So we need to get on a, a mission of spreading, you know, spreading this message, uh, you know, deeper, not just in our industry. I think it's really, you know,
1: yeah. a
0: society thing that, uh, that is important. So, um, but obviously we are talking about our industry. Yes. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's speak a little bit about, um, you know, what you see as some of the biggest challenges or obstacles that salon professionals are kind of facing today from achieving success or what they you know view as success? What's mm-hmm. holding them back?
1: Um, outside of comparing themselves to everybody else, which is a big one, that's a mindset shift that they need to do. It's yeah. then taking care of their business as if it's a business, right? And one of the inherent challenges that we have, I think, Um, as hairdressers who care, is that we end up, um, you know, I mean, I could know a hair, I could know my client forever, I could start have, you know, started doing her hair when she was in high school. And then I was there and did her, gra- her prom hair and then her graduation hair. And then when she got engaged, I might've done her wedding hair. And then I heard about, you know, how mad she is that her husband doesn't take out the trash or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, was there when she had her first baby. And, you know, I'm just thinking of a specific client for me, but you start to build this relationship with people. And then for the most part, you don't go around in real life, trying to sell things or charge your friends things. You know, you like to give things away to your friends. And so what I find is that as hairdressers, our empath nature means that we end up discounting ourselves from charging what we're actually worth, what our services are worth, recommending the products to take home. And I think that if we would just, you know, remember, this is a business. We're lucky that it's a business that we can get so close to people. But at the end of the day, a business Means I'm providing you services, and you're going to pay for those services. And the relationship that we have with each other should not impact that exchange. And I'd really love for our hairdressers to understand that because I think it's what prevents them from raising their prices. They don't want to make you know say Nance. They don't want to make Nance mad by raising their (laughs)
0: prices. Nobody wants that.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants that. So they don't want to, you know, they don't want to raise their prices. They don't want to suggest, they don't want that confrontation because you don't want to fight with your friends. Right. But these, these clients become friends. And I think, you know, having that more, this is a business mindset would be very helpful. Yeah.
0: No, makes total sense. And it is a unique, you know, part of our industry that all of a sudden you think that, you think that everybody is your friend. You almost like think of them first as a friend as opposed to a client at, over time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, now I have 120 friends that come to see me to get their hair done, you know, on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And um, it's not it's not about that. The other thing, when it comes to you, you, you started by talking about, you know, knowing their worth. And I find that, again, too often people, let others define their worth for them, right? Um, and their their self-worth is kind of dependent on either validation or non-validation from others, as opposed to recognizing that there's actually no such thing as worth. Like, there's no universal law that that says whether something is worthy or not worthy, or whether a person is worthy or not worthy. It's completely, you know, just a something that we can make up so you know rather than leaving that in someone else's hands we need to take the control into our own hands and say you know what I am worthy and you can just it can just be that simple um, by defining it to yourself and for everything that you believe in uh, that you're doing you know you're best and you're enjoying what you're doing and you're proud of what you're doing. and Nothing else matters. Like your mom said, I don't care what other people think.
1: (laughs) You know, it's such an interesting, I probably could spend hours speaking with you, Scott, but it's such an interesting um, point that you're making because, you know, we do go, okay, this is the better balayage. This is how you do a root extension. This is how you do a blah, blah, blah. And yet at the end of the day, I think of you know, there in the salon, last salon that I worked in, well, one of the salons that I worked in, I remember thinking I'm not the best hairdresser in here, right? Like I was pretty good, but I am the best at making whoever sits in my chair feel really good. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, for some clients, they are like, no, I have to go to somebody who has a certificate, who's the best in the industry and who does celebrity hair. Okay, great. Well, if you want to be the stylist that services that guest, then you should work towards doing that. If you want to be, you know, like me, I'm like, I just want people to be happy, man. I want them to leave feeling better than they came in. And sometimes that means that, you know, maybe the blow dry, isn't going to be as great as, you know, Johnny's blow dry down there because, you know, she has tough hair to blow dry. And I'm like, Oh, it's too much work. I'm just going to give you this kind of a blow dry. You know, I I'm, I'm not saying be crappy at what you're doing. I'm just trying to say, you know, (laughs) try and hone your skills and get better, but simultaneously figure out, you know, what kind of clientele you want sitting in your chair. So that to your point, you know, you can feel worthy. If, if I'm more about making people feel good, then I'll end up attracting those kind of people to me. But it's, you know, I, I find that in, in, in our world, I don't want to sort of zone, you know, hone in on any specific zone or area, but in our world, we're so, um, obsessed with, what, what does your car look like? What does your house look like? You know, how much money do you have in the bank? Where do you go on vacation? And at the end of the day, I mean, I was engaged to a multimillionaire. I've driven an F-40 and my first plane I ever went on was a Cessna. So I know what it's like to be around money. And I can promise you it doesn't make you happy. So at the end of the day, how do you how do you define your happiness and then not worry about what anyone else thinks?
0: Yeah. I've always loved the sort of the saying that, you know, society, we too often we buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. Um, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it's a a problem, right? It's a a problem Mm. that we need to get away from. So anyways, part of that is sort of finding, you know, finding models, right? Finding mentors that we can kind of emulate a little bit. Uh, and people that have sort of figured some of this out, and you know, have a strong sense of self-worth, and you know, are not afraid to be, you know, charging what they are worth, and and raising prices when they need to, and having a more sort of business focus um, on their uh, on their careers. Can you share? I mean, you work with so many different people in the industry over all these years. Can you share some mentors in our industry that people could look towards?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I think um, just a good one as it relates to serving the industry and reinventing themselves all the time is Samvia. Samvia works with Redkin, and he has his own company and is a master with his hands and is continuing to grow and develop by developing a team of people that work with him. And I love that. He also brings people on like Andrew Carruthers, who talks about wellness and health and mental health. And I think that's a great place to start. I think that, you know, um, Tabitha Coffee is always great for just, she's a little bit of that I don't care mindset, but in a, you know, very hairdresser way. So I would follow Tabitha and get close to Tabitha Coffee. Um, I love the business model for a salon that um, Cassandra McLaughlin, she's known by Cassandra Platinum on. Um, on Instagram, and she just is down to earth and comes with a service mentality and yet has been so successful. So I think she's somebody to look up to. I think Vernon Francois is another person to follow and watch. He's an expert at all textures and patterns of hair and simultaneously loves to give out these very um, confidence boosting, um, tidbits. Um, and I think, uh, not, I think, but let's see, there's so many I could name, uh, just a down to earth, really great hair colorist that gives good tips and cares about people is George Garcia. Um, I could go on and on, but those are (laughs) like my quick faves. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And clearly uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Sherry does, you know, it's certainly somebody that uh, I think many in our industry can, can look towards and and see so many because you're always pushing, you know, positive messages and positivity. And I think the more that we, what we are, you know, we become what we fill our brains with, right? So the more that you fill yourself with positive messages and, and, confident you know reinforcing messages you're going to become more and more of that in your own world so expose yourself as much as possible and thank you for sharing some of those Um, let's talk about some techniques and, and habits that people can kind of get into yes uh themselves what what do you do for yourself i mean you're obviously a very confident positive person are there any sort of daily habits and rituals that you start your day with to get to get on the right focus
1: Absolutely. Well, I joke that I say the first thing that I do when the alarm goes off in the morning, but I, I think actually the first thing I do when the alarm goes off in the morning is I hit the snooze button. But, yes. <laughs> but when I finally decide to wake up no, and turn the alarm off, um, you know, I do a quick, you know, I, I guess I think the The easiest thing to call it is a prayer. Um, I actually study to be a practitioner for something called Sinners for Spiritual Living, and it's called a, a positive mind treatment. It's five steps in this prayer, basically acknowledging that there's something that is out there, spirit, universal intelligence, God, Buddha, we can call it whatever we want. um, And that we are one with that thing. And then just sort of um, listing all the qualities that if I'm one with that thing, right? So if I take a drop of the ocean, that ocean is, it's not like it's only part of that. The same qualities are in that drop as is in the ocean. And if you think, if we think of ourselves that way, um, you know, whatever we believe is the energy that makes all of this, we are part of that energy. We're the human expressions of that, right? This is going to get a little woo woo and you can feel free to cut this out if you want, but you know, so the reality is often where we try, we end up saying things are good or bad, but if we're made from this positive, amazing energy, then nothing is bad. Maybe it's not what we want, but that's good that it's there because it shows us what we do want and what we don't want. So continue to move towards joy. So I use the morning just to really, to think about, you know, what's my day like and what do I need to bring to my day? And I, I grew up, you know, going to, catholic school and so i know this spirit or this energy as god it's the easiest name for me to give it and so i have tattooed here it says god is comma i am with a little line and you fill that in so god is i am patient kind graceful sometimes <laughs> fun joyful whatever that may be nope. and um and i follow that with um just I'm going to call it laying in stillness, not necessarily meditation. Meditation freaks people out. It doesn't mean I'm going on some vacation in my mind. I just lay in stillness and see if there's anything that um, comes to mind. You know, is my still small voice saying anything that I need to listen to? Um, Those are the biggest things I would say. And those are great daily activities. I think as hair. Dressers, you know, hairstylists, people in the industry, you know, we often are so much serving everyone else that we need to serve ourselves as well. And I'm not saying serve ourselves first because sometimes that's just not possible. Life doesn't make that possible. And I'm not here to say that you have to do all of this in this exact order because that's not feasible for everybody. You know, I think that life should work for you. I think the biggest thing that we can do is to remember and talk about ourselves to ourselves more positively. And whether that's a mantra you want to put on your mirror or whether, you know, so that while you're brushing your teeth, you're like, you know, I am a transformer of lives. And today I'm going to, you know, whatever it may be, but something that just um, reminds you of who you are and how special you are and how much light you can shine into the world.
0: Yeah. And just put you on the right track, either at the start of the day, right? I believe so much in starting the day with positive intentions and kind of putting that into uh, into your head. But sometimes it's good, you know, throughout the day to have, you know, little reminders when you kind of get caught in a bit of a negative swirl or a downspell, you get upset about something, um, having a bit of a, a trigger that you can kind of just reconnect with to remind yourself of how you want yeah. to be, who you want to be. So let's, let's talk about some specific things for salon professionals. What are some recommendations of things that you would tell, you know, a team of stylists, if they work for you, how to, they could potentially get their day off on the right track, knowing their, the realities of their world.
1: Yeah. So I would start the night before actually Scott, because I think what happens is we don't look at our books, right? We just are like, okay, my first one's at eight, I'll be there. And you know, we do whatever we need to do in the morning and we show up there. And then we're sort of stuck as a, um, reactor to the day versus somebody who is more on the offense saying, okay, this is how I want my day to play out. And we all know, we say, we jokingly say that we're therapists and we're all this other stuff. And we do that because our clients tell us everything, which is lovely. And we also know that by the end of eight clients in a day or more that we're exhausted and we're exhausted because we are in that reactive mode, right? We're reacting to what, you know, Nance told me I'm reacting to what Bill said. I'm reacting to, you know, and not because it's against me, but because I'm an empath and I take on whatever it is that they're feeling. So by the end of the day, I'm a bit of a mess, right? So I say, look at your book and say, okay, if this, these are the eight clients that I have coming in, how can I control those conversations? If I know that person, right? If they're my client and I know that, oh my God, every time, um, you know, Natalie comes in, it's going to be, a lot of energy draining. Well, what can I do? And how do I mark myself out for five minutes right before Natalie does come in? And I walk around the block and I get myself into a great headspace. So I think there's little things that we can do preparing beforehand, which will prepare our day so that we're doing the right thing throughout the day. Nice. And then I think reframing things, you know, a lot of times we'll get reactive and you know and maybe it's you know there's a colleague that just rubs you the wrong way or says something cranky or makes a snarky remark or is staring you you from, from across the way you know saying to yourself okay what's the positive equivalent of this that i can that i can you know if if i'm feeling anxiety What do I want to be feeling? And then how do I take control? Okay, well, if I'm feeling anxiety because I don't know how Natalie's hair is going to turn out and she's under the dryer, how can I take control of that? And then that sets you up actually for long-term. Like, okay, if every time somebody comes in and I'm doing a balayage and I'm worried that I'm going to have that weird line where the balayage ends and it's going to be orange, well, then I need to upskill on that so that I take control of that result. So I don't have anxiety every time I'm doing that. So it starts the night before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. And there's other things I think as well. Right. I mean, uh, because the reality is you get, we get caught in these cycles. So, you know, part of that planning also, you mentioned trying to find, you know, five minutes, I think it's important that people try to manage their schedules a little bit better so that they're not back to back to back to back to back for like eight consecutive, um, things without any you know many breaks inside because then you get you run behind on one client and you just can't catch up you know the rest of the day um so being able to plan that you know if possible helps and then the other thing i believe also is important is managing your your energy level which comes down to you know food and beverage during the day as well right um i know you have a couple of things that you've done yourself right in terms of pre-planning snacks and whatnot
1: yeah. So w- super important what you're saying, Scott, because I think the reason people take back-to-back-to-back-to-back you know, to back to back to back clients is because they have to make a living, right? So they're trying to make a certain amount. And so then I would say to this person, if I were working with them, okay, where are you going to charge more so that you can reduce the number of people coming in? And that automatically is an anxious response that I'll get from a stylist. But the reality is, is that I promise you, I did it a million times in my career. And every time I lost people, but guess what? I got new people that were willing to pay the price of what my, you know, I thought my value was. So first, if anyone is finding themselves that's watching in a back to back to back to back situation, you know, you might I don't want you to discount that you need to give yourselves breaks, but you might need to raise your prices in order to compensate for the financial thing. If it's that you don't wanna say no because Bill wants to come in and you wanna put Bill in, then there are ways to learn to say no. without saying no bill i can't fit you in today but tomorrow at two and if bill has a meltdown over that then bill can go somewhere else so there's a bit of confidence it all is coming back to this confidence right so there's a bit of confidence that we need to build i mean you all go to doctors i hope and you all go to the dentist (laughs) and they don't you they can't get guilted into letting you in (laughs) (laughs) When they don't have time, they don't all of a sudden double book because, and then lose out on their lunch because you're making them feel bad. No, that's not what happens. So treat yourself like the professional that you should be treating yourself. And part of taking those breaks is making sure that you're eating and feeding and nourishing yourself throughout the day so that you're not damn hangry because you don't want to be hangry and have anxiety because that's not good for anybody while your feet are hurting or whatever else. So I do pre-plan my meals. Um, Sundays usually um, I'll take a look and see, okay, where can I block out time if I want to be able to have a lunch break or if I want to get outside. Um, And then, you know, I mean, you could do simple things like, boiling broccoli which sounds ridiculous but it's very simple and then you have that on hand I will pre-make um you know some sort of a protein I don't want you know we're not here to talk about my dietary restrictions, but I'll make some sort of a protein that I know, okay, I can put that on a piece of bread, or I can wrap it in a tortilla, or I can just eat it on its own with a little bit of sauce and make sure that I have that. And then I'm a big proponent of um, protein shakes. Arbonne actually has my favorite. It's a vanilla, vegan vanilla protein shake, and that you can just shake it up with water and it's delicious. I shake it up with a rice milk and it's delicious. And if I really have time, then I I put it into the Nutribullet with some frozen <laughs> berries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Or a special treat. A special um, treat. No, yeah. the special
1: treat is when I bust out the peanut butter in it. <laughs> nice. Nice.
0: Yeah. But having, I think, I think those, you know, shakes or smoothies is again, it's an easy thing. If you prep it in advance, you can have it with you and, yep. and you, you don't need a lot of time to be able to consume it, but it's still providing important nutrients because the reality is what we're talking about, if you don't. Put in breaks or you're not fueling your body, your energy level becomes lower and lower, and you're more likely to become hangry, as you mentioned, right? So our energy becomes a little bit more negative. And then we can't serve our clients, you know, the way that we should. And we're not going to have those great experiences with our clients, which are going to lead, you know, what would, would lead, if it was a positive client experience, to the opportunities for. You know, incorporating extra services, uh, recommending retail, and having success with that. So it's really all you know, kind of a a cycle that needs to be followed. It is right? a
1: cycle. It is a cycle. And to your point, there's also um, um, I I was going to say I used to have a website. I do have a website for for certain things and for for nutrition in particular. The point is that. I used to do this thing called Vita juicing and I have a Vitamix, right? And so instead of juicing... Because if you juice it, it leaves only the sugars and it's not great to have that throughout the day. But if you blend your fruits and your vegetables or even just your vegetables together, then you're getting all of the nutrients. You're getting super healthy stuff. You're getting all your vitamins and it's easier for you to digest. And so I used, used to do, which I should now that I'm thinking about it, should do again. You know, I used to do eight juices a day and then have a regular meal at night. But um, that way, every two hours, I was having one of these juices, so it sustained the energy levels, and were actually delicious. <laughs>
0: nice, amazing. All right, we're going to talk about this stuff forever. I, I can, uh, I can yeah. feel it. It's just so important and uh, and valuable. But I am going to I'm going to shift focus a little bit um, here, and we'll talk about a different uh, topic. I mean, Swan so SOS, we're all about digital marketing services for the industry, so I want to talk to you a little bit about digital. Um, your social media, first and foremost, actually, you have a fun social media story to maybe like transition this uh, to us. I know that you had a, a cool story in Mexico many years back connected to, uh, to Facebook. Can you share that with us quickly? That'll be our segue.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, sure. It was, um, I was in Mexico for work and had just finished meeting with the team from Mexico. We had a great training. I think we were launching Cover Fusion or something. And I was due to fly from Mexico City to London and got to the airport. And got onto the plane, boarding, put my stuff above the cabin, blah, blah, blah. And the woman behind me is like, excuse me, excuse me to the to the flight attendant. I'm getting bitten. And so he's like, just hold on. I'll move your seat. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Because whatever's biting her now is going to crawl my way in this 14-hour <laughs> flight. <laughs> God, I'm not having that. So... Next thing I know, the flight attendants are running through the, um, down the, what is it the called? Aisles. Down the, the aisle, aisle. Thank you. Yes. And they're saying, get off the plane. Do not take anything with you. Get off the plane now. Leave it. I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going on? So we get off the plane and, you know, like I had a wrap around, you know, whatever that's called. They made me leave that there. So now I'm off the plane. I don't have, I've got my cell phone, but that's it. Nothing else. My purse, all my stuff was up above the, um, up above the, uh, you know, cabin and we're all sitting there and I see that they've now quarantined us and moved all of the other, um, you know, people were going to fly. They moved the flights to another area of the airport. And then I see these two guys with, um, you know, lab coats on walking onto the plane. And I'm like, oh, that's not good, you know. So then they come out and they tell us that there are bed bugs on the airplane and that they, we all have to get onto this bus and they're going to take us to this hotel. And so they take us to a hotel that has, it's not, it's not inhabitable. (laughs) So basically it's not actually being rented out, but now we're all having to quarantine, if you will, here while they assess the situation with the airplane. And it's just a you know, a you know what show because none of us have any money. I don't have my passport. I don't have anything to charge my phone with. I'm trying to get a hold of I got a hold of American Express saying, Can you give me money, you know, through the hotel? And that way, like there were people we were I was going to London. There were some white ass kids on those, you know, like very fair skinned kids <laughs> that, you know. We're out there in the Mexican sun with no sunscreen. That I'm like, okay, I just want to buy them sunscreen. Like, can I just buy them sunscreen? No, no money, no nothing, barely feeding us. It was just really, really sad. Anyway, so we were each allowed 10 minutes on in the internet cafe on our, you know, to do whatever we needed to do on the computer. And so I see one day that, oh, my sister's online, right? And so I write to her and I'm like, hey, I'm stuck in Mexico at blah, blah, blah hotel. I've got no money, no passport, no telephone. Please call Jesus. Now, Jesus is the local country education manager. Right. So then I see that she goes away. So I'm sort of waiting, waiting, waiting. No, Jesus. So the next day I get back online. She's not online. And I put in Spanish on my, you know, I updated my status to say, you know, equipo in Mexico. I'm stuck here, blah, blah, blah. Please send over Jesus. Well, about two hours.
0: This is on on my Facebook.
1: This is on my Facebook status. And so, a couple hours later, I'm out by the pool and I'm sitting next to these two ladies that are from London or from England. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks in. And Jesus is a very good looking man from Mexico. And um, he's not, you know, He's not interested in me, but he's very good looking and comes in he goes you come tacos tequila. And so they're like <laughs> how did this happen, right? So I go off tacos tequila. He takes me to go buy a toothbrush and underwear cuz I'm just like I'm on day 5 here and you know, got nothing. And um and so then you know, it ended up that I already missed my meeting that I was flying to London for. So I just flew home to New York. I threw out the suitcases with everything in them because I wasn't going to chance the fact that I brought bed bugs into my apartment right. and um, finally got my phone charged up and called my sister and, you know, was like, what the heck? She goes, where are you? And I'm like, well, I asked you to call Jesus. And she goes, oh, I thought you wanted me to pray for you. You said to call Jesus. Oh my God. First of all, you don't pray. So (laughs) I wouldn't be calling you to pray Uh, for me, but it's true. Like the social media is such a way to communicate, you know, like in, 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 in an SOS situation, I need help. I'm stuck in That's Mexico it. with nothing. And so for that reason, I love social media. I love social media for its ability, for your ability to connect with um, friends, family, whoever. And then these days I love for our industry social media because it is a way for you to sort of put yourself out there either this is the work that I do and so this becomes my digital business card or, um, you know, if you're an educator and you want to show some hot tips to your other stylist friends, it's a great way to connect that
0: way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember that story from years back. And I, I love the fact <laughs> that really, it's because you posted on Facebook that Jesus actually saw it and, and knew that you were <laughs> sort of in that situation and was able to come and uh, come and sort of say save you from that, uh, from that scenario. So um, let's talk a little bit social, like what advice do you have for stylists, salon professionals today, educators, you know, artists um, in terms of how they should be thinking about their social and and content and and posting and whatnot.
1: Right. For, for, Full circle, Scott, it's about knowing who you are and what you want to stand for, right? So I find that today, people just will throw random stuff up there. And people me. if you look at, you know, years ago, I've got like pictures of my food. And then tomorrow, there's a picture of my dog. And, you know, it's like whatever I thought was interesting to me in the moment. And, you know, social media does a great job. Now the platforms do a great job of separating out you know, sort of how you can manage your own page. So I say anything that's in, the, in your posts, right, in the grid, if you will, that should tell, be immediate. If somebody sees nothing other than that, they should understand by looking at that, who you are, what you offer and why they want to be a part of it or not. (laughs) And then you can use the stories more for, you know, just the random bits. It goes away after 24 hours. Today I posted because my computer decided that it was going to do an automatic update. And so I wrote a little note tagging Microsoft in it. So, you know, like that's not something that I want to flood my lower half or my grid with. So, but first got to figure out what you want to say and what you want to represent. So I'm going to go back to the thing about, you know, figuring out what your mission statement is and um, and then using that to say, okay, if my mission is to train other people, then I shouldn't be putting anything else onto my page unless it's about educating another hairstylist. If I've decided that my mission is to educate the client or the consumer, then Everything on my page should be about how they do their management of their hair at home. If I've decided that I want to get more clients, then I want to really understand what kind of client do I want and what do I want to, um, and how will I represent that? You know, if you look at, as an example, Manda Ziggleman, who is a Redken artist, there is no doubt the type of hair that she does. So if somebody looks her up and decides, you know, that, oh, you know, I... I want to go see her, you're not going to go in probably unless you want the hair that she does. And I love that because it means that she's attracting to her like-minded individuals, which only helps her to have a more joyful life because they have things in common and they're talking about those sorts of things. So I think that's super- And she's
0: doing, she's doing the work that she wants to be doing, right? That's uh, the right. services, The services that she wants. So it's about being very intentional uh, with right. what you want.
1: That's right. Exactly, and um, and then you know. Uh, so Amanda is a great person, I think, to look at. I mean, there's so many great people. She just stands out because she has a very unique way of approaching hair and and the looks that she likes to do. And she's awesome at it. And and I really find a lot of value there. The other thing is um, try not to be like everyone else. You know, there was a moment where every single picture on social media was the back of a head, all wavy. And it was like, you can't, you know, in a sea of everything the same, then nothing stands out. So yeah. don't do it just because someone else is doing it. Do what you want to do and and don't worry about the likes. That's the other thing is like, you know, we want the engagement, but why? Why do we want the engagement? What you really want, what is, what is what you want? <laughs> exactly. First, exactly. what is it, you know, like, do you want, to be educating more people, well, then what is your other marketing strategy around that? If, if the goal is to get more clients, then how can you use your page to um, you know ask your friends to share the link maybe as a digital business card, et cetera. So you've really got to understand, you, know, you don't just get in the car and start driving. M- most days, right? Some <laughs> days on vacation, if you want to be a wanderer, but most yeah. of the time you have a destination in mind and um so you've got to have some intention or purpose of of what you're trying to accomplish
0: totally totally and it's it's a struggle for a lot and if anybody you know is struggling and and has questions wants some direction just feel free to just reach out to us um you know on instagram you can dm at at salon.s.o.s uh we're here to support the industry in everything digital and have tons of insights and advice uh, with regards to social. So don't hesitate. We had a great uh, podcast episode with George Joa um, a while, uh, a while back, Talked to him a little bit about social media from a, you know, an artist standpoint, because again, the, the target and the objective is a little bit different, right. Um, In that, uh, in that case, as opposed to, you know, just trying to get more clients in the salon uh, potentially. So I'm curious to know for you, you know, when you're working on all these big, shows events you know hair shows around the world and working with different country you know managers and education managers does the social media impact your selection of artists for yes. these events
1: <laughs> yes yes and yes and not only my selection Scott understand that um you know for the viewers that are watching that are trying to be on a stage in another country that we have people who are managing the country some of them are there for a long time and some of them aren't some of them you know rotate out and so if I'm going to come along and I'm going to plan uh let's say a symposium, right? Or a symposium on tour. And I get recommended somebody from a country. Then I'm the first thing I'm going to do is look at their Instagram and see whether I think that they can do the hair in the grand vision of what I'm trying to put on stage. If they don't have any pictures of the hair that they're doing, then forget it. You're not going to get chosen. End of story. Same goes if I recommend somebody. I've had this happen where I recommend somebody to a country education manager and they come back saying they didn't have any pictures of balayage on there and so can you recommend someone else and i'm like you know like i know that they do good balayage but they're right they have they have no reference to know if you know brazil's gonna like that hair or not so their clients in brazil so always, always, always um, put on there, you know, you have to use it for nothing else. You should be using social media as your digital business card. And um, that should be the one-stop shop You know, it used to be word of mouth. I got clients from word of mouth. I, you know, but that's not today's world. Today's world is much more expansive, it's much more global, and things have to be easy for somebody to access as a reference in order to say, yep, that's the person that I want.
0: Boom. Love it. Well said. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. We uh, touched so many different things today. I'm actually excited about that. So hopefully, you know, there's been something for everyone in our industry that they've been able to pick up along a little bit. We're going to close up our conversation with Sherry today with one more SOS signature question, as we always do, Sherry. What advice would you give to somebody starting their career in our industry today?
1: Um, Well, I'd like to start before that and say, just start in the industry. It is the most um, fulfilling industry that you can be in for a long-term career that's can be filled with as many changes as you want it to be filled with. I've done everything from standing behind the chair, to doing select clients, to flying to do clients, to educating in local salons, to um, now working with all of the countries on their shows and their events and their expressions. And so there's so much opportunity here. So join the industry. That's the first thing I have to say for any young person out there looking to find themselves. It's the most welcoming industry. If you Just joined the industry, then get in touch with people. You know, I answer every single DM that I get. So, um, unless it's really weird and I'm like, oh, you might be trying to fish (laughs) for something, don't hack my account. No, so I do, I answer every single DM that I get. And again, I've been doing this a really long time. I'm always happy to have conversations with people and point them in the right direction because it's not a one size fits all. Um, And then just uh, find out who you are and what you want to be. And if you want to go... I don't really, I have a series that I did over Christmas called the 12 days of Christmas, which isn't about Christmas at all. It's actually about putting together your mission statement. And so I did 12 days of the different steps and people can look at that and do their homework and they can end up writing their mission statement. So um, reach out to me, reach out to Scott. He's got a lot of things that he could guide and direct you to um, and enjoy the ride because there's a lot of great things that can happen.
0: Absolutely. And this is, I mean, you mentioned some people earlier as well, right? So I think it's about finding, you know, if you're, if you're sort of relatively new or even if you're not new, maybe you've been in the industry, but now you're transitioning into salon ownership, for example, right? And that's going to be a new challenge or you're transitioning into education or into artists. Find people, reach out and connect to people who have experience, who have had success in that and try to connect with them, ask them tons of questions, spend time around them. Uh, you know, that's a really key you know, opportunity to uh, to sort of accelerating your uh, your possibility for success, really, uh, and to just understand you know the different the things that you don't know, right? Because we always go into things where we don't know what we don't know yet. So uh, spend time with those people, and it'll at least put you on the on the right path and, and closer to them. Sherry, thank you so much for for all of your insights today. This has been fantastic, and again, super grateful to have you take the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. I'm Grateful to be able to call you a friend. And I know you always respond to my DMs as well. Can you just tell everybody if they do want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? How can they connect with you on on Instagram or other?
1: Yeah, it's um, at Sherry Doss, so S. H e r i d o s s very easy I think except Sherry isn't spelt normal right so at Sherry Doss S h e r i d o s s and honestly I answer all of them so please feel free to reach out um, otherwise hope to see you all on the road somewhere um, at an upcoming event since everything's back to normal <laughs> and then Scott you know really thank you for having me I've really enjoyed our time together I always have I I can remember, like I said, working with you in Canada, working with you with Green Circle um, for the right. Didn't you work at Green Circle? Yeah, I'm like I I think I remember that at um, at symposiums and now getting to work with you here has just been really such a pleasure. And um, you know, I wrote a long time ago my mission statement when I was 19, which is to learn something new every day and to help others learn something new so that they can live their best life. And I am grateful to this day to get to continue to do that. So anyone that's watching, you. You'll never be bothering me. It is part of my mission to be able to serve you. So I look forward to hearing from you.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you again. Uh, and this has been a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. And uh, Everybody, thank you for listening. Feel free to uh, to share with other professionals that you feel can benefit from this, uh, this information. And let's continue the conversation. Sherry, I hope that the next time uh, we're able to do this, it can be in person. Uh, yes. it would be, uh, yes. be fun. So all the best, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you thank you so much for listening to the salon scoop podcast this show is produced by salon sos a digital marketing agency by industry professionals for industry professionals if you want simple and affordable solutions for any of your salon marketing needs such as websites client loyalty google search rankings social media or more come visit us at SalonSOS.ca or on Instagram at salon.s.o.s. If you want to hear more great episodes like this and help us continue to bring the industry content, it would mean so much to us if you would support us in one of the following ways. Share this episode with just one other industry professional and either rate our show on Spotify or write us a quick review on Apple Music. We want to hear your feedback. If you have follow-up questions or ideas for future episodes, please reach out. DM us on Instagram. at salon.s.o.s or hit us up on our website at salon.sos.ca. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go get your hustle on, keep smiling, and we'll catch you on our next episode.